Blog Talk Radio. It's time to get ready for a journey into the love of art and the art of love. Welcome to Slightly Askew with Nancy at Noon, the show that takes an honest look into the heart of all things that shape the fabric of your entire life. And now, here's Nancy. Hey, how you doing out there today? I don't know if you've been aware of this or not, but for the last five years or so, the planet and and maybe the entire cosmos have been in a place of uprooting structure and belief systems that no longer work. You may have been wondering why so many people are having so many problems in life way more than 50 years ago or even 10 years ago. It's not because of technology, as some would like to believe. The advances in technology are part of the result of these changes taking place. The significant changes have been the ones we as individuals have had to go through. All that no longer serves us is being drawn to the surface to be healed once and for all so we can step into the new phase of human being that we're developing into as as a collective whole. A significant number of people are being seriously affected by breakups. And you know what? If not handled properly, they can cause major damage in a person's life. They can affect their health, their work and even their motivation to get out of bed in the morning. It affects everyone around them, too, because these planetary changes taking place are causing everyone to be more sensitive. And I don't mean sensitive in the way that we're aware of other people's hardships or being compassionate. I mean energetically feeling other people's emotions. More sensitivity, meaning our sensors are more sensitive. (laughs) I, I think I'm kind of sounding like a dictionary, using the same word to explain its meaning, but I think you get the picture. Anyway, this week I have another question from a young woman asking for help to get over the pain and suffering she's going through due to the ending of her relationship. Hi, Nancy. How can I detach from my ex? People tell me I need to detach. I am in so much pain I can't think straight. I feel all crazy inside. Sometimes I'm sad and other times I'm so angry I want to key his truck and smash his windows. I still cry myself to sleep almost every night. He said he doesn't love me anymore, but I still love him and I always will. He is seeing someone else now, but I can't stop texting him and creeping his Facebook page. He was in love with me. I know he was. What happened? I didn't do anything wrong, but he's already with someone else. Why isn't he hurting as much as me? How can I get over him when I miss him so much? I am so lonely. Signed, Devastated D. Hello again, D. It's really nice to hear from you. I've been wondering how you're getting along in your new apartment and your new job and all that. Thank you for connecting and sharing your new question and your pain with me. This is a really pivotal point in your life, and I'm not sure you entirely grasp this fact yet. You've just finished university. You're on your own for the very first time in your life. You are supporting yourself financially and learning how to life at a time when the energies in the world are changing so rapidly. Everything around you is in flux, and it's it's really natural to, to try to hold on to something or someone in order to feel a sense of security or and stability. But that's like grasping at a cloud and hoping it will keep you from falling. It doesn't work, and it never can. Many people mistakenly think it's necessary to detach from ex-boyfriends after a difficult breakup, or to detach from friends after they've abandoned us like your friends did to you. We can't go around detaching from everyone who walks out of our life. The world would be a really lonely place if we did that. It's not about detachment. It's about expansion and inclusion. 
Everything that exists is part of the whole creation. The idea is to become one with it, not to isolate yourself through further separation. If you need to detach from anything, detach from the thoughts in your head that keep the painful emotions alive. Because let's face it, it's not your ex you want to detach from. It's the pain of betrayal and separation and abandonment and fear that you want to detach from. And the memories that keep replaying over and over in your head. So let's take a closer look at where the pain is coming from before I suggest uh, a couple steps out for you. Your thoughts create your emotions. And you create your thoughts. So in actuality, you are creating your own pain. I don't say that to be mean or insensitive. I say that because I want you to take full responsibility for your own emotions because only then can you end your own suffering. If you think different thoughts, you will feel different emotions. It's basically that simple. It has nothing to do with your boyfriend at all, so there's there's really no need to attach or detach from him or anyone else for that matter. If you enter a relationship hoping or expecting the other person to be responsible for your happiness, you will exit the relationship feeling like he ripped out your heart and stomped on it with football cleats. Relationships are a great place to grow, but most people don't enter them with that objective in mind. They think the other person and the relationship will you know, fill the part of them that feels empty or incomplete, even if you're not aware of what part that is. And relationships can't do that. People can't do that. Only you can do that, Dee. I mentioned in one of my answers to one of your other questions that this is the perfect time to get to know yourself. Have you taken that time yet? Relationships don't always end because someone did something wrong, and regardless of his feelings for you now, you always have the free will to love him. Love isn't possessive. You don't have to be in his life to love him. You don't have to receive love from him to love him back. Love is a state of being. It's an energy that radiates through time and distance and space. If you sit in your apartment and just kind of radiate love from your heart out to the world, it would do more to heal you than any 12-step emotional relief program ever could, and faster. You don't need anyone to be the object of your attention, your affection, or your love. If you take anything away from my message today, it's this. Love is who we are. You don't need anyone to bump your love off of or to be the object of your affection. I actually did a whole show on this topic a while back. It's called How to Be in Love Every Day. It's in my archives on my website, nancyatnoon.com, if you're interested in learning how to do this. In the meantime, to help you out of your suffering right now, there are a few questions you could ask yourself. Number one, are you being honest with yourself about this relationship? Was this the love relationship you wanted for yourself, or were you waiting and hoping for it to turn into something you truly wanted? There have got to have been some signs along the way, emotional signs that got triggered from time to time that, you know, that didn't feel good. I'm not saying warning signs exactly, but our emotions are our guidance system. They're going to let you know very clearly when something is out of alignment with who you truly are. Like right now, your guidance system is telling you that your thoughts are out of alignment with what's best for you. Because anger and sadness and depression is not a healthy state to be in. And your higher self knows this. And your guidance system is telling you this through your emotions. Become aware of your thoughts and when self-depleting thoughts enter your mind, change them on the spot. This will stop the flow of negativity that eventually spirals into total hopeless despair. It's easier to be mindful and stop the negativity on the spot 
rather than reaching the bottom of the emotional barrel and trying to climb out again. Uh, number two, ask yourself if this is the relationship you would want for your sister or your mom or your or your best girlfriend. Number three, did your ex respect your ideas or your beliefs and your values? And number four, what does the relationship you want actually look like? Leave the ex out of this for a few minutes. Think about it in terms of how you want to feel. Think of the qualities you want the relationship to have. When you can answer these questions honestly, it will naturally lead you out of your state of despair. It may also be advantageous to focus on who you are apart from your ex. The other suggestion I have is to transform the emotions. Thoughts and emotions are just energy. So rather than getting rid of them, transform them like an alchemist would do. An alchemist can turn dust into gold, turn your sadness into something you would prefer to feel, like happiness or peace. The way to do this is through meditation. You know, when you're in your apartment feeling lonely, sit quietly and do some slow, deep belly breathing. Focus your attention on your stomach area, the liver, abdomen, and solar plexus, you know, around that spot there. Then just be with the feelings of grief or despair or loneliness or or whatever you're feeling in that moment. Don't try to get rid of the feeling. Just keep breathing while you're focusing on the stomach area. Try this for about 20 minutes. Breath has the ability to transform emotions. It's it's a miracle healer. And you know, this is basically this is this is basically the meditation I use anytime I'm feeling emotions that I don't really want to feel, and it works. That's why I use it. There are a few other things you could do to make the process easier. A couple ideas I want to toss your way. Uh, you could unfriend him, your ex. You could unfriend your ex on Facebook and any other social sites where you're connected. This will help to stop you from creeping his page to see what he's up to. That only brings more suffering. You could also stop all contact with him if possible, you know, and any of the friends he hangs out with, at least for now. It doesn't have to be forever, but at least until you have a little time to heal. You wouldn't sit an alcoholic in a in a room full of liquor and hope he has enough willpower not to drink. So for now, it might be helpful to remove all temptations until you're strong enough not to be tempted. I'd love to say it's easy to end suffering, but in my experience, it has taken effort and action. My effort and my action. Nobody else is going to do it for you. But when you come out the other side, it's so worth it. I ended up with a whole new perspective of who I am and what I want and what I'm not going to settle for because of low self-esteem or a sense of worthlessness. The best way to have a great relationship is to be your own best friend. And the best way to do that is to spend time getting to know yourself, just like you would any other friend. Hope this helps, Dee. You're not alone. If you need support, get support. There's no shame in that whatsoever. Okay, we're going to take a quick little break, and when we come back, we'll find out how Hector is handling solitary confinement and his relationship situation. If you have questions about love, life, relationships, happiness, health, and well-being, please email them to me at nancy at nancy at noon.com, and maybe yours will be the ones chosen to be answered on air. If you need answers now, I provide a personal and private email consultation service. For details, please visit the Ask Nancy page on my website, nancyatnoon.com. And now it's time for another Daily Ditty. It's 
time for some more daily ditties, and I've got a few fun ones for you today. Facebook addiction disorder is a mental disorder identified by psychologists. I wonder if it's a fad. F-A-D? <laughs> King Henry VIII slept with a gigantic axe beside him. Me thinks he had some trust issues. Did you know that heart attacks are more likely to happen on a Monday? I remember talking about this on a show once. It's because most people hate their jobs and don't want to go to work on Monday. And in the UK, it is illegal to eat mince pies on Christmas Day. How can that even be a thing? 7% of religious Americans pray to God about finding a good parking spot. And in 2011, a woman bought a non-visible piece of art for $10,000. This is totally baffling. She paid for air when there are a lot of good artists with artwork you can actually see. She must be an ultimate minimalist. And our last one, and this is so cute. On her 120th birthday, the oldest person ever recorded said, I only have one wrinkle and I'm sitting on it. (laughs) That's all the fun facts for today, folks. blog posts, recipes, self-help books, and more. Visit us online at nancyatnoon.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, we are back again. If you just tuned in, we're talking about how to end the pain and suffering after a breakup. Right now I'm going to read another letter from Hector, a Texas State inmate, uh, who writes to Diana, his spiritual mentor, for help. Catch you up in case you're tuning into my show for the first time. Hector has an ex-girlfriend who is the mother of his two kids. She has She's had two kids from two different guys since Hector's been in prison. Can you imagine how hard this is to deal with when he's locked up in solitary confinement on a 20-year sentence and he feels like he can't really do anything about his love life at this time, even though he knows he's up for parole in a couple of years? The mother of his kids, also named Diana, with one N, has been writing him letters in prison and it causes him a lot of inner turmoil because he still loves her and he doesn't really know what to do about it. February 2012 Diana, I received your letter. I'm doing all right. I've read over your letters several times already and held back several of days before writing to you. I really don't mind opening up to you and being honest with you about the things I'm dealing with, the things I struggle with and have a hard time understanding. I already know that from the beginning of our correspondence you wanted to know me, and I see you're here to help me. I respect you as a friend. I respect your purpose and your effort. True enough, we may never meet, but I do find it easier to open up and just bring it all to the table. LOL. I'm just being honest. I'm familiar with the Internet and really just the social sites, not that I used it or had a page of my own. I just didn't have time for all of that, but my brothers and sisters all have a Facebook page. As you say, it's good to open up, so I'll always be straightforward. Your feedback does make me sit back and think how you view it. I like the way you view it, and I'm willing to try and take the steps you want me to take. It leaves things settled a lot better in my heart. Because trust me, I'm ready to just leave all the negativity in the past, but just like your daughter, I have attachments. Well, the history of things have made me keep my attachments. I see how you said the first person we need to be honest with is ourselves. And I took that and really sat back and looked at the reality of my whole situation. Here I am, in prison, waiting to make parole on my 20-year sentence. I do see parole for the second time this year in August, September. And what can I really do for someone, anyone? Not much, really. A letter? That really ain't much. 
We all want someone right there. A letter will only impact a little, and only for so long. I just want a fresh start. I need a better path than the one I've been walking. I want to be a better brother, cousin, son, and dad. I want to be able to have the right words for someone who's in need. Not just the right words because they sound so sweet and good, but actually live it like I talk it. Play it how I say it. Teach it like I'm preaching. We all have flaws, secretive wounds, and things we're attached to that still hurt us. I know that there are tons of people like me. You yourself may have a little something of your own that I don't know about, and that you've kept to yourself or only have shared it with several people. I think that if I become this way, it will open a lot of doors for me everywhere in life. My past has closed doors for me. I need more open doors to succeed. I'm behind a locked door. Why? Me and my negativity. It was a bad path that led me to a dead end. That ain't what life is about, hitting dead ends. So if I just change my ways, change my way of viewing things and approach life with love, doors will open. Things will get better for me. Being that you've been living it already and you know people who already live like this, I embrace your help, your words, and your point of view. I know you hold a lot of experience in this. I can tell just by the way you write to me and the things you have to say. I mean, to come up with the things you tell me, your way of thinking, is beyond me. I enjoy it, though. Even the organization you're involved in is an example of the doors that are open for you. It's something big, and I'm sure all of y'all in that organization of Art of Living are people like you, good-hearted. Now that you've told me Nancy is your first name, it makes sense why Maya told me something about a Nancy writing me when you already had wrote me by Diana. So I wrote her telling her I already had started with Diana. But it was you all along. She told me she had got the names mixed up. The way it played out is interesting. But when it comes to Diana, the mother of my children, I'm ready to just move on and let it be. Yes, she writes, but when she writes, it's always about what her boyfriend ain't doing or or what he gets mad about or why they fight, telling me I ain't nothing like him. But you see, I really ain't trying to hear all that. Listening to all that doesn't solve what her relationship is going through. I'm going to write her after I know exactly how I want her to understand me. Because right now, I need to get past all this anger I got. I can accept that she writes and tries to keep in touch. But I'm in denial, you say, because I ignore these letters? All it really does is hurt me, because I know I can treat her better. Plus, I know she could have done better. Now I'm just ready to get past her, move on, and let her deal with her own emotional problems while I deal with mine. The things I can accept. Number one, she'll always be in my life even if I like it or not. Number two, that she'll be hard to replace. Number three, that I still love her. Four, that she is a good mother. Five, that she still tries to be a friend. What I can't accept? Number one, that she still tries to run game on me. Two, that she tries to keep me there so when I do get out, I can go back to her. Three, that sometimes she tries to play that role of being innocent. Four, she lies to cover up other lies. Five, she's wilding out on me. That's just some, but if accepting this were that easy, just accept that this is the way she is, that this is just what she is doing right now, and that she's doing what she feels. Accept that she still wants to look right in my eyes to where I can accept her. Just accept all her negativity, huh? But like you said, I shouldn't bury, block, or hide none of this. That part made me laugh. But I see what you mean. This is just something I will need to practice. I got enough time to practice and look at all the positive things in her. But right now, I'm not wanting a relationship with her. I'd rather ride this time not knowing what's going on in her life. I can make parole this year. I don't know. I just want to step out and let it be understood for her to continue what she's been doing since I've been gone. I'll only do for my kids. That's it doesn't matter how long I do on this 20. All I know, it's not forever. 
So the best thing is to just let her live her life now and when I get out. Just let it be. I'm sure a lot will be different and feelings change with time. She might even find a way to work things out with her dude. I see myself just meeting someone and vibing with her and being more patient on everything. Just slow motion. I know I can find me someone else and get the fresh start I want. In a world of so many, I'm sure I'll find one. I deserve that. I deserve one. So I'm holding my vision on that. Yeah, letters are good to receive while being locked up, but I don't want no drama or negativity. I'm going to work on letting go of the attachment. I will respond someday, once I'm not attached and when I can write her without talking bad in my letters. Because I'll write and I'll write with anger, so I never mail them out. I'd just rather not write at all and give it more time. Because I don't want her to know that I really hold all that anger. She's already dealing with enough. I don't want to bring her down more than she already is. I'm sure you see the love and hate. I'm sure with time things will calm down. Because everything that's going on, it will be past me. I'm hoping and really wanting to be the best person. Because honestly, Diana, I really want nothing but the best for her at all times. And I'm really trying to look out for her best interests at the end of it all. I know I've lost her. And what we had going is dead and gone. So be it. At least I'll move on knowing I was the better person by not being selfish and depriving her of her happiness or unspoken or better opinion for her future. Now I see it all has to do with attachments. So this is what I will work on. I didn't look at it like that at first, but that's what it is. Yeah, we're both young. I'm 25. She's 24. Hey, Diana. I want to let you know you're a very cool person. You really got a laugh out of me twice on this letter. The other part that made me laugh was where you said... Quote, I know it's painful to know your woman slept with another man, but that's just your ego hurt and not your heart. End quote. I laugh because that's what it is. It's true. I'll work on that. Anyway, because I'm in SEG, right now I really have a lot of time to think and review a lot of things that I've been through. All my mistakes and how I should have done something different or should have said it different. Even though time is slow, I want to ask you if there's a book you would like to recommend to me to read. I'm going to see if my family will get me the book or books you think will be helpful for me. I'm really starting and wanting to look deeper into myself. So I was wondering if you have anything in mind. Or if there are any magazines that you know of that have to do with what we talk about on the path I'm taking. Or any magazines that you know of that's good. I was thinking about asking for novels, but I ain't going to get nothing positive out of a novel. I thought I'd ask you for some help on that. To see what you had in mind or if you knew about either books or magazines. I don't even do much drawing anymore. I really just enjoy doing portraits, but so far no one's asked me for one. I've done one for most of my family. So I've just been doing a lot of reading, mainly novels that people have let me read. So if you can let me know what I can get, that's helpful. I'd really appreciate it. Well, I'm going to go ahead and cut this letter short and send it your way, hoping that it finds you doing good and in the best. Thanks for your time and for being a friend. Respectfully, Hector. It's story time! I thought, instead of reading Diana's reply to you today, I'd tell you a story. Who here loves being told a good story? Yeah, me too. Okay, settle down, get comfy, and I shall begin. The name of this story is The Rich Yogi and the Poor Yogi. There were these two yogis who grew up together as kids and had very similar spiritual training. One yogi was very wealthy and the other, eh, not so much. Actually very poor and living a very meager existence. Later in life, they both became gurus and started their own ashrams, individually. The rich yogi's ashram was very opulent, filled with the finest carvings from all over the world, beautiful tapestries of rich colors, the best food in all the land, 
He often held banquets during the festive times of the year, and everyone had yummy food to eat. The poor yogi, on the other hand, ran his ashram quite differently. He was very strict and didn't have any luxuries at all. In fact, he was quite opposed to the way the other yogi ran his ashram. He taught his disciples about austerity and, and spoke about the evil of excess and attachment. He said, There is no road to enlightenment with the kind of golden shekels they're carrying around their ankles. But regardless of the two very different philosophies about life, these two yogis remained friends and they would meet on a regular basis. One day, when they met on the road, somewhere between their two ashrams, the poor yogi decided to test his friend, the rich yogi. The poor yogi said, you know, I've been meaning to ask you, how would you feel about just heading off on a pilgrimage to all the important sites of India? I don't know how long it will take, years maybe, but if we're truly dedicated, why not leave our homes and set out? He had absolutely no intention of doing what he offered his friend. He just wanted to catch him in his reaction. But the rich yogi said, sure, sounds like a great idea, let's go. Well, the poor yogi wasn't expecting that answer at all caught him off guard and he figured the rich yogi must be bluffing so he stuck to his little game and said then let's go today right now again to the surprise of the strict yogi the rich yogi said sure why not I'm ready again the poor yogi thought it wouldn't be long before the rich yogi would realize what he was walking away from all the opulence and fine food to take a road trip by foot across the country sleeping in the forest and eating who knows what bugs plants worms he thought for sure the rich yogi would change his mind proving he is attached to his worldly possessions they kept walking and suddenly the poor yogi said wait here i'll be right back the rich yogi waited by the road for almost an hour and when the strict yogi came back he was carrying his copper pot and his yogic stick the rich yogi turned to his strict-minded friend and with a smile on his face he said that my friend is attachment the end Detachment takes place on the mental level, in your thoughts. It doesn't matter what possessions you may or may not have. When you make it all equal in your mind so that when something or someone leaves your life, you will not be sad. And when someone or something enters your life, it will not be the reason for your happiness. I hope you've enjoyed what I've shared here with you today. If you have any questions or concerns you want answered or just want to comment on anything I've talked about on the show today, please send me your questions and comments. This week I added a section on the front page of my website where you can just type in your questions or comments to be answered or read on air. I made it really easy for you. You know, sometimes we think we're the only ones going through what we're going through, but it's not true. There are so many people going through the same things as you are, with, you know, slightly different details. When you share your questions with me, the answers have the potential to benefit a lot of people who are going through similar situations. So maybe sometime this week, maybe even today, Visit me at nancyatnoon.com. Until next time, keep it real, babe. If you have questions about love, life, relationships, happiness, health, and well-being, please email them to me at nancyatnancyatnoon.com. And maybe yours will be the ones chosen to be answered on air. If you need answers now, I provide a personal and private email consultation service. For details, please visit the Ask Nancy page on my website, nancyatnoon.com.
for joining us again on Slightly Askew with Nancy at noon. We've enjoyed your company and hope it's been fun for you, too. If you like what you're hearing, please share us with your friends and family because, well, they might like us, too. You can find us online at nancyatnoon.com. We've got fascinating blog posts, recipes, self-help books, weight loss CDs, coaching programs, art, jewelry, and all kinds of other cool stuff. Go ahead and check us out. NancyAtNoon.com. You'll be glad you did.